We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to talk a little Boston College right now, and we've got Dan Rubin with us from bceagles.com. And for those watching the video, you can tell um, he's got a little assist going right now as well. Congratulations, first of all. Um, she's asleep. We'll see how that how long that lasts here as we get going, right? This right here is all the football knowledge in my house. Comes with, this is our this is our source is the sleeping baby. I just absorb everything. <laughs> it's one of those where I'm I'm hoping and praying that. Uh, that she she'll sleep through when I say she'll sleep through anything I probably shouldn't say that too loud but uh she is uh she is all my football knowledge so <laughs> make any wrong assumptions about this game we blame her we'll we'll pick her brain on the uh, BC run game here in yes. a little bit right yeah <laughs> well she can solve that she's a better person than all exactly right <laughs> let let's start with the head coach Dan Jeff Halfley this is his third year um Six and five the first year, and I think that for the most part, people seemed pretty optimistic about that six and five first season. Seemed on the right track. They go five hundred last year, but but three and seven this year. Where where does Halfley stand right now? Kind of on the popularity scale there among BC fans. Well, it's 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 funny that you're asking me this week and not last week. <laughs> um, I'll just be open and honest about that. If you'd have come to me last week and asked it and asked the question, I'd have turned around and said. You know, I, 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 a lot of people don't actually like the direction of the way things are going because, you know, recency bias, when you're looking at a, a two and seven season, you know, there's there's some honest, good, hard questions about the, the direction of the team and and how it looked in certain areas, especially going into the Duke game, not even coming out of the Duke game. When you go back to the, the Connecticut game, it was it was pretty dicey there for a hot stretch. Uh, but. Now I think people are starting to see the product of the the byproduct of the work. I think the popularity might not be back to its fullest extent that it was in the off season when you know the the rumor mill was he's going to leave. We need to do everything to keep him here. Uh, but at the same time, they're starting to see some of the byproducts of what BC puts into things and and the way this season has gone and the fact that they were able to pick up that win last week does a lot to to you know kind of grab some of the momentum back that maybe the team didn't have uh, through the first half and in, in the middle part of the season. Yeah, it's funny how, you know, just, just a win here or there can, can, can shift things and change everybody's mood really quickly. I right? know, I know. And, and, and against the ranked opponent too. And, and I know yeah, that everybody exactly. makes the con, well, it wasn't against Devin Leary and, and, and you say, all right, yeah, but that's still a very good football team. And 
BC hadn't beaten a truly ranked team, uh, in, uh, a consensus top 25 team since the USC game back in 2014. Oh my. Uh, so, I mean, you're, you're, when you're able to pick that up, a one on the road, which hadn't happened in 16 years or 14 years, uh, it's a it's a big deal to to pick that up and to and to show that type of progress because as much as you say, well, there's progress, right? The, there's there's stuff in practice. You don't see it, it to actually get a tangible result uh, was a uh, was a really big step for that team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, and I mean, they lost to UConn this year, and that was the first time they had ever lost to UConn. And that's a that's a program that, quite frankly, a lot of people have been talking in the last couple of years. They should just go back to FCS and and that kind of thing. I imagine there had to be a lot of people on the cliff at that point. You know, when 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 you drop that game, I, I might have been one of them. <laughs> the you know, given the amount of friends that I have that went to that school, I was I was really taking that one on the uh, on the the frontal cortex. But it was a uh, it was a that was a really hard one to swallow. That was a incredible incredibly hard game uh just to just to look at and say that that you lost that game because it not only did it look like you lost that game but it also looked like you didn't have the oomph that you'd had in some of those games when you're like all right you're you're playing tight with Clemson and then you just give up a lot of points at the end or you were tight with Wake Forest and then the game got away it was BC lost that game and didn't look good doing it And, and that was really the the hardest perspective now one of the things that that's kind of been the hallmark of of this team has always been when you have uh, adversity, you go through it, you embrace it. You don't look at it and say, all right, we're just going to ignore it and act like it didn't happen, put it away and ignore this result and move on. They legitimately were, we have to look at this. We have to look at everything. How did this happen? This was an unacceptable result given the, given the, the preparation that we thought we were putting in during the week. So if we're putting in the preparation and if we expect to win, which we do 12 times every year, then we need to go take a look at this and figure out what we're doing wrong. 
And you saw that a little bit against Duke where they came out and played better. And then you saw it against NC State where they actually won a game. Yeah. So I, I guess I won't beat around the bush and just get straight to Phil Jerkovic because obviously he's the biggest subplot to this, you know, this this whole game this weekend. So I guess we'll start with, you know, he's obviously making his return to Notre Dame, his third year there at, at BC now. Injuries have obviously played a, a big factor in his play the last couple of years. How would you describe the Phil Jerkovic you've seen when he is healthy? And I, I hope there's enough games, you know, to go on where, where he has been healthy. But how would you describe full strength Phil Jerkovic? I feel like he's been the quarterback that you just wish you could have seen more of. And because every time he, he got started, he, he ran into some injury that, that it was every start was a false start for him. Uh, that first year, he reinvented the offense and, and everything was great in 2020. And he come out last year and plays well, but we didn't really know what Phil Lee, you know, the Colgate first part of UMass, that's not really enough to go on to say, well, he was putting it together, especially with those two opponents. Uh, and then comes back at the end of the year, diminished, admittedly, after the wrist injury. And then this year had a bunch of problems that really weren't his own doing. Uh, you know, it's hard when you're a quarterback and you're playing behind a new offensive line that didn't have the same lineup every week for six or seven weeks. And then you start getting a little frustrated. You start hearing a few footsteps here and there uh, and, and don't make the throws that you should necessarily think you should be making, but then you get hurt again. And so now here we are down the end of the season and you have a quarterback in Emmett Moorhead who's playing exceptionally well, Yeah. but would Phil Jakovic have been playing that well behind an offensive line? You can't look at it and say, well, they should have started Moorhead at the beginning of the season because Moorhead might not have played that well behind the offensive line that was always in transition, and now we don't get a chance to see what Phil would play behind an offensive line that actually gets to play together for two three games. Well, and, I mean, the sack totals are astounding. Jerkovic has been sacked 25 times, and even Moorhead in the times he's played has been sacked 14. That's a lot of sacks they have given up. Are they are they showing signs of improving? Are they, you know, where 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 is that line in front of those guys right now? It's getting better. Uh, they, they had a couple of converted defensive linemen on the uh, on the offensive line, and they were down the depth chart to the degree that when you look at the two deep, you're seeing a whole bunch of oars because if one guy can start, they can take another guy and shift him over to a different position. So when you're playing teams with all these graduate students and transfers or guys who are back for a fifth or sixth year, you're looking at Boston College and you're saying, okay, if the left guard can play, then we can take the guy who's currently playing left guard and move him to right tackle, and the right tackle can shift the left tackle, and the left tackle can go back to right guard. And and that was really what it was like for seven weeks. So, wow. yeah, it was it was real tough. And so it's gotten better because now you know, all right, this is the same offensive line for the third week. The guys know the cadence. They know who's supposed to go where. And as a quarterback, you know – all right, this guy might need a little help on this player. I might need to roll out to my left or look differently and, and see different areas. And the contact that these guys were taking in the first six, seven weeks, it was like watching a, it was like watching an old video game where you just saw guys getting <laughs> like the old Madden games when you saw like the ambulance coming on the field practically. That's how often they were getting hit. And it was, it's good to see that, that they've made strides forward. Uh, I would I would argue that the line is probably the biggest improvement right now just because of how bad it was playing for a stretch. Uh, and it still needs to get better. I mean, you see what happened with the running stats. It's just not it's just not where you'd want it to be at this stage, but it has gotten better thanks to the continuity over the last couple of weeks. 
when it comes to Djokovic himself, do, do you think that he's lived, you know, there was a lot of hype that followed him from Notre Dame, a highly recruited guy, and he's coming from Notre Dame and and, and all that. Has he lived up to the expectations that, that people had for him going in there? I think it's kind of a, an incomplete. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to, unfortunately, it's an incomplete because when he played and when he was healthy, the answer was absolutely yes. Uh, I mean, he, this offense, that first year, especially, I mean, you felt like you were just scratching the surface and he's still going to go down as one of the, the greatest quarterbacks in, in program history by the, strictly by the numbers, what he did and what he is doing is, is incredible. It is really unfortunate that he has not been able to to play out a full season because if you get if you extrapolate those numbers, he enters into the conversation as one of the three or four best quarterbacks that's ever played for Boston College. Hmm. The problem being is that we may never get to those numbers. We may never see him get to those numbers because he was unable to play a full season. Interesting. I mean, I obviously Flutie and Matt Ryan are the first two who come to mind. What like Foley? Like where, who would you put? You know, I would, if he if he had a, if you extrapolate the numbers, given the fact that he was a three year starter, he may have started touching some of Foley's numbers. Okay, um, those might have been kind of along the lines. And then behind him, you get the Hasselbeck brothers and, right. and the Brian St. Pierre's of the world. And and I think he would have probably landed and is going to land even within those within that category, which is a pretty big group of guys who played if through the mid nineties, through about 2000, right before Matt Ryan got around. So I think when you look at his numbers and how they're going to amass, I, I would, I would put him more in a category of a Tim Hasselbeck overall and, and probably by the end, even maybe Brian St. Pierre, but I think St. Pierre's numbers trend even into the, the Foley category, at least the bottom end of it. He's listed at the top of the depth chart this week, even after the game that that Moorhead had last week and that win over NC State. Is there any way that he doesn't start, do you think, in this return to Notre Dame this weekend? I don't know. Uh, the, the whole thing being is everybody's kind of day-to-day when on, when it comes to their injuries, <laughs> and, and that's that's kind of the, the good way of putting it. I know that if he's, if he's healthy and he's ready to play, he's starting. That's kind of been the – the 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 message from Jeff Halfley is Phil Jerkovic is very much the starting quarterback. If he is ready to play and if he is if he can go, he will go. And uh, if not, then they'll turn to then they'll turn to Moorhead. I imagine you know it's still going to mean something for him coming here because he did start here and everything. He's he's obviously you know had some things to say over the last couple of years. Would probably you know. There would be a different level of animosity, I guess, if maybe if Brian Kelly and some of those guys were still here in compared, you know, with him gone now. I mean, there'd be a different level of animosity for me. Brian Kelly went to St. John's Prep and is from Chelsea, Mass. And that's true. Two towns, two towns <laughs> over from where I grew up in my rival high school. So, I mean, where I went to high school, and I know realized it was about 10 years after him. I was like, the minute I found out he was from Chelsea and went to St. John's Prep, I was like, oh, there is no way I can like. It's just impossible <laughs> for me to ever root for him. It's just I can't wrap my Brian St. Pierre was a St. John's Prep quarterback who went who went from Danvers, Mass up to uh it was playing at BC. I'm sitting in the stands and I'm like, yeah, I'm rooting for him. But <laughs> he's still a prep guy. <laughs> uh, that's funny because you don't, you know, talk with that Louisiana accent that Brian <laughs> Kelly. That was that was probably one of the top three funnest, most fun, hilarious days of my when he came out and he said that, and I was like, "Wait a second here, this guy's from Chelsea. This guy lives <laughs> under the Tobin Bridge. 
What are we doing? What are we doing here? No one's no one's mistaken you for where you're from. Uh, well, there's another Notre Dame connection, of course, to this game as well. Subplot number two, John McNulty, who is the tight ends coach here, and he's in his first season as offensive coordinator there. What's what's kind of the sentiment around him right now? Um, he, you know, the, the offense has been a work in progress, and I think bringing him in as an offensive coordinator was a good jump-off point. I think that, like anything else, when you're working with a, with a new head coach, uh, or a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator combination, there's there's going to be some growing pains. I think they hit a little bit of that in terms of, you know, the beginning of the season, plus a new offensive line coach who had who inherited uh, a young line that they needed to work with. So uh, I like some of the things that they're doing on offense a lot. I think that the some of the different schemes that they put in are, are just interesting that you see, like some of the downfields, uh, you know, crossing routes and, slants that, that they way that they utilize they move zay flowers a lot ar- around a lot they'll take them from the slot move them outside they'll line them up uh put them in motion bring them through the backfield they might actually line them up in the backfield and then flank them out like it's some of the things that are in there are complicated and and when you see it it's been uh it's been a privilege to watch it kind of develop even though a, again the production maybe hasn't been what you want it to be based off of what, what everyone hoped it would be in August when everyone got to, to training camp. Dan, we've talked about here, you know, different Notre Dame rivals these last few weeks. And, you know, these two teams used to play, obviously, a lot more often. From from Boston College's perspective, is is Notre Dame at the top of the heap in terms of their rivals? Well, I'll tell you what, about 20 minutes ago, I actually got an opportunity to ask Jeff Halfley that directly because I was coming at it from a guy who is sitting in the uh, – who is who still remembers listening to David Gordon's kick on the on the radio in 90s. Wow. Like, like I was driving around, driving around the mall parking lot trying to listen to the game <laughs> with my older brother and my my mom drive. Oh, man, I remember those days. And, and You're hurting a lot of Notre Dame people right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who shut this off. And then the next year, 94, still near and dear to my heart when Notre Dame came out and got smushed at, uh, at Alumni Stadium that yep. year. Um, in the green jerseys in 02, uh, you know, bringing up a lot of good, fond memories that a lot of people have right. on their laptop with. That right? Dillingham game in 02, that's right, yeah. with those greens. Yep. So for me, this will – always 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 be number one like this is it this is my bc could go one and eleven and if the win was over notre dame i'd call the season a success so they understand that around here they also understand that it's not a real rivalry if you're not holding up your end of the bargain and bc has not beaten notre dame for a very long time and that doesn't settle well in 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 Boston, where Notre Dame is a quote home team, uh, I mean it's it's a popular team out here, and I've got friends that that still constantly get on me about the fact that is it really a rivalry? There's only, <laughs> there's only one way. There's only one way to make it a rivalry, and that's and, right. And that's exactly what Jeff Halfley said. Yeah, that's and that's that's exactly it. You know, they don't. It's it's funny because they used to play more often before Notre Dame went into this ACC agreement. Uh, you know, I. I I imagine from Boston College's perspective, you'd like to see Notre Dame show up on the schedule more often. I love it every year. It's the one. It's the one game that you know. I, from a regional standpoint, out here, I, I am a very, I am a very big proponent of playing local teams. Even even though BC lost to Connecticut, I play them every other year. 
and cycle UMass into that, uh, you know, play UMass and UConn every year if I could. Uh, but Notre Dame, if you had to pick one opponent that I could put on that schedule, home and away, every single, every other year, home and home, and and ensure that it exists, it'd be this one. And and part of it is my relationship to the '90s and and BC's rise and right and, and Coach Holtz going for it on fourth down. I mean, that was really it, you know. Yeah, that was, that was it. With that. Yeah, but this is this is what this game is what I live for. And and for me, growing up and. And going to an Irish Catholic high school uh, where our colors were blue and gold. Our fight song was the Notre Dame victory march. And my <laughs> athletic director was a Notre Dame guy. Uh, it was, it was for me, the biggest day of the biggest week. I'm a, like, you cannot tell me otherwise. This has to be one of those games that just exists uh, because it is, it is our army Navy. It is our iron bowl. It is our backyard brawl. It's our USC, you, you know, UCLA or whichever one you want to put in there. Dan Rubin from bceagles.com. We made it, Dan. She is look, She looks like she's even sleeping deeper right now than when we started. I was really worried that her snoring was going to start coming through the microphone, number one. And number two, I'm just going to say we put her to sleep talking talking football. If this had been her Maybe sister, she'd be talking football. So we know which one's the football fan of the family. I appreciate your time, Dan, because I know, you know it sounds like uh, you and your wife are uh, plenty busy there <laughs> these days. So I, I appreciate you getting that nap in with her while we were doing this. You know, the time if you time everything perfectly, you can really you can really dive into your football with your uh while your naps. I'm going to give it a couple of years and then you'll see me I'll be gray and <laughs> losing my mind, tearing my hair out. But no, I appreciate yep. it and, and I'm looking forward to uh to seeing this game this weekend. I hope I hope it's uh it's an enjoyable game if nothing else and brings a little fire back to this one because uh I feel like for for both of for both of our sakes, uh, it'd be really great if PC Notre Dame got a little bit of that fire going again. Yeah, I, I think you might be right about that. All right, thanks again, Dan. Take care. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.